Welcome to Latinos Who Tech. My name is Hugo Castellanos. I'm an engineer and I work anywhere I want because it's 2020. In this episode of the podcast, I spoke with Jose Paz Castro. Jose is an HR professional living in Orlando, Florida, and he actually works at Microsoft right now. And he supports the sales and marketing organization at Microsoft in his role as an HR senior manager. And we spoke about a lot of things, mainly about working remote and the challenges and realizations that he has come to while doing it. I hope this episode helps you as uh, we are soldiering on in the ninth month of this uh, new reality we're facing. And we also spoke about uh, how to build a career in HR. Uh, Jose actually has worked in HR as at Amazon before working at Microsoft. So he also gave us a contrasting view of what it was like to be uh, working in HR at both organizations. Uh, he also shared some of his personal, personal story on coming into tech. Uh, he's from Honduras, uh, Prado Catracho. So uh, it was fun talking about that part and, you know, again, the cultural aspect of being a Latino working in tech. And before going into the episode, I want to thank uh, our sponsor for this show today. It's uh, Shep. Uh, you often heard me talk about Shep and how it's helped me become the professional I am today. And I'm happy to announce that they're sponsoring the show today for this episode. So if you're looking for your dream job or internship, the Shep National Convention is happening right around the corner. So it's going to be October 26th through the 31st. So you are just in time to register. And it's the easiest way to land your next opportunity. So you can join thousands of professionals on this virtual gathering, and they're going to be offering cutting-edge content and workshops. And actually speaking in two of them. I'm doing one in collaborating in a virtual world. And I'm going to be doing a podcast uh, with my, or my friend Eileen Tapia. She's a first-generation Mexican-American and a consultant with Accenture. So really excited about that. So the SHEP uh, National Convention includes more than 200 co uh, workshops, 200 workshops on on-demand sessions, some that will be pre-recorded, and they will be available for a full year after the convention. And you're also going to have access to 250-plus world-class companies. So go register right now to shep.org slash 2020. That's shpe.org slash 2020. And now, the new episode. Jose, welcome to Latinos Who Tech. I was hoping you could start by telling us your story. How do you get into tech? How do you get into being part of this world? No, for sure. And, and Ugo, thank you for just, you know, inviting me to, to your podcast. I'm a, I'm a huge fan and I, and I appreciate just being here. Yeah, so a, a little bit about me. I'm from Honduras. So I came to, I came to the United States at a young age. So I'm, I'm actually a, an immigrant to the U.S. And, and I went, to, I grew up in South Florida. I went to Florida schools. I went to the University of Florida first first generation uh, college graduate as well in my family, which was a really nice thing. But I, I landed, I actually uh, didn't start in tech. I, I, 
I started my career in retail and I started as like a retail assistant manager for, for like a big box store. And then I worked as a sales manager for, for a different company. And then eventually I, I switched careers and went into HR. And, and from there, I started working at Amazon for the last eight years or so in various capacities, always in HR though. And then currently the last, the last 10 months or so I've been with Microsoft. It's fantastic. And I'm happy to have you because you're the first uh, catracho here in the podcast. So <laughs> yeah, you're a pioneer in a manner of ways. Uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So I think that when it comes to uh, HR and, and the roles that we have on mind, because again, people hear Amazon or Microsoft or Intel, Google, and people have a clear, he- a clear vision in their mind of, okay, People, they program, they code, customer success, they're on the phone with customers, helping them through their issues. But what does an HR person do the whole day? I'm curious, uh, especially from your background that you've been in several companies in this capacity. I'm curious on, you know, what does a typical week, typical day, if any, especially now with COVID, I feel that typical days are over. But I'm curious on what's your take on it, if you had to explain to somebody that didn't know a whole lot about HR? Sure. No, and, and good question. It, it's, it varies. There's always a lot of different things that are, are really thrown at, at HR. It's a very wide spectrum. But I always like to, the way I center myself is I like to, I like to think that I'm a partner to the business or to my client. So Whenever you look at an organization, there's different departments, there's engineering and marketing and finance, operations. All of those folks have people initiatives. They all have, they all have to get stuff done through employees. They all have things that they're trying to execute, right? The projects and, 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 and different initiatives that they're trying to roll out, but it's all done through people. And, and I think that's the biggest asset a company can have. So the role that as an HR professional plays is partnering with the leaders of those organizations, whichever one that HR professionals align to and helping them execute through people right? Through, through human capital, how can we maintain a, uh, an engaged workforce? How can we recruit the best workforce? And how can we continue to elevate the bar, right? Both from a execution standpoint, productivity standpoint, um, or just from a uh, morale standpoint, right? Like, do we have the right players and the right, and the right teams? And are they really living up to the exposed culture that that company is hoping for. So in a nutshell, like it's, I know that's really, really high level, but the way I like to think about it is I'm a somewhat of a consultant and a consultant is, is there to support their client in whatever it, whatever it might be, right? They're problem solving, but a big part of it is also strategic and how do we help them achieve what they need? through hiring needs, through different people initiatives, through different strategies that they might execute on. No, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. And, and I feel like uh, when it comes to corporate jobs, it, there's a lot of transferable skills, right? 
And absolutely, what happens at the end of the day is that you know we're all consultants. You know, we're all free agents in a way that hey, there's a given project. Uh, you need to partner with people. Uh, the outcome might be might have some different metrics. Can be dollars. Can be number of people we hired. Can be awareness of a new product, program, what have you. Uh, but at the end of the day, you need to focus on those transferable skills, right? I completely um, agree. Completely agree. Uh, I'm curious on, you know, yourself. I think that a lot of people are doing some soul searching now as far as a uh, next step in their careers. Maybe because, again, they, they're looking at these working remote reality that we live in and they're wondering, hey, how can I find my next play, my next move? Where can I find a new organization where I can add value. I'm curious on what's your take on people that want to find their next opportunity during COVID? I think it's, I think you should always strive to really, really follow your dreams, right? Follow your passion because, you know, like people always say, maybe not so much now because of COVID, but you spend so much time at work. Mm -hmm. You know, you are, you spend endless amount of time at work. So, so try to really do something that will bring you job satisfaction. And that's a very individual question. You have to kind of ask yourself that individual question as a, whether you're young in career, mid in career, you got to ask yourself, what, where is it that I want to uh, spend my energy? Now with that, I think that it's, it's a, it's a, if you are considering perhaps doing a move or exploring different moves, my recommendation would be to really understand what that, that new career might be, what that function might be. For example, if, if it happens to be HR, which is a field that I'm in, explore, right? Talk with other HR professionals, talk with them to, to understand what their day-to-day -day looks like, what their barriers might be. And that's gonna help you gain clarity around the, the specific skills that are needed. Because it is hard to, mm -hmm. if, if you're not, if you're making a, a kind of a career change between different uh, functions, uh, you may need to upskill. That, that may be something you need to do. So, so getting a firsthand experience as to what what hiring managers are looking for. And once you know those skills gaps, you can start to do things on a day-to-day -to, -day to close that gap, right? You can maybe do stretch assignments in your current role. You can volunteer for different tasks or projects. And, and that's going to help you really tell that story. Tell that story to that potential hiring manager, that potential company, maybe experience, maybe something that you, you don't have because it could be a career change, but you can tell the story by saying, even though I don't have the experience, I gained the skills by doing X, Y, and Z, by, by taking on these different projects, by taking on these, this, these stretch assignments, so to speak. So I think that that, that would be my recommendation. And I think it's, I think it's mm -hmm. a valid question that we should all ask ourselves is, where do I get my energy from and what am I passionate about? That's fantastic. There's, and thank you for that very tactical piece of advice on uh, stretch assignments and side projects. Uh, I remember that when I first started podcasting in 2018, 
uh, I really wanted to get into product management. And even though my experience and my role at the time was only as a product marketing manager, so on the go-to-market, competitive analysis, how do we launch this product? I wanted to actually work on building the product. So I launched a podcast and the podcast was my product. So essentially I took all the advice from all these product management books and I just incorporated it into the, this one hour long conversation. So launching it, then surveying people. Is 45 minutes too long? Hey, we'll go. We want it to be more like 30 minutes. Change it to 30 minutes, listenership goes up 50%. Yeah, so, so doing all those things really helped me uh, turn this into an experience to become a product and, manager. And, and I think you put the, you know, you put, you create your own destiny at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're yeah. really, by, by creating your own podcast and saying, hey, this is, I want to be a project manager. I may not have the opportunities in my role or, or may, you know, or maybe instead of waiting for it and, and really doing it yourself, you, you kind of are changing your narrative a little bit. And, and I think that, I mean, that's, that's exactly what I would recommend, right? Controlling your own destiny, so to speak, by the actions mm-hmm. that you take. Oh, I, I agree hundred percent. There's this book that I'm sure you're familiar with it. Uh, I'm actually, I'm mentoring a couple students and uh, I'm actually meeting with them later today. It's called What Color Is Your Parachute? Oh. It's a career development book to kind of help you find your, your next play, your next job. And they have this exercise that I really enjoy about, uh, it's basically about finding the seven facets of your life on the things that energize you, what are your economic requirements like your salary and the dog wants to say hi to and uh, be part of the career conversation <laughs> don't worry about it don't worry about it uh, and the two or three people that listen to this they'll they'll, they'll have a laugh about this uh, and uh, one of those uh, facets that they talk about it's uh the location aspect and yeah, whether you are a person that okay how how long do you want your commute to be uh, do you enjoy the ocean or the mountains or what have you? And this brings me to something I really wanted to hash out with you, uh, which is those things are becoming irrelevant now that knowledge workers can have that option of working remote. Uh, so again, it open on, opens up a whole lot of opportunities for folks that uh, want to work in these kind of jobs. So I'm curious, you know, what's it like for you right now to work remote? Because I know that you work for Microsoft in HR. Again, we all know Microsoft's in Seattle, Silicon Valley, Bay Area, what have you. And you're in Orlando, Florida. So I'm really curious. And what's, how do you make it work? What's it like to work uh, remote for you? What have you learned along the way? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. So I'm, I'm actually very fortunate that I have a little bit of a heads up, a little bit of a, a head start, so to speak, because my role was remote pre-COVID. So I got I got hired into a remote role. And it, now with that, it's it's it, it took a lot of transitioning for me because prior to Microsoft, I was uh, used to seeing my clients. I was used to going into a uh, an office, right? And, and I traveled a lot, but I was used to seeing different stakeholders pretty much on a daily basis. So in my the, the way I kind of have adjusted, and, and again, I've had a head start 
by about four months or so, but is really trying to stay connected. Try to stay connected with your teams, whether it be a quick phone call, a quick touch base. Video helps a lot. I think, I think that we have uh, great technologies. You know, Microsoft has you know, a, a very re- robust communications tool that we use and, and communicating via video, really you're able to connect a little bit closer with the individual. But another thing too, Hugo, is knowing when to kind of stop working. You know, I think, I think that when you work from home, it's, it's, it's important to have a dedicated space where you work from. You know, maybe it be a corner of the room or a section of the house or a room in the house because, because you got to know when to really close that laptop. So you can just get some work-life harmony or work-life balance as well. So that's been something that I've also had to kind of learn. And, you know, since COVID, everything has changed. I mean, another thing is there's more people in the house now. Things are closed and restaurants and every, so we're all kind of learning together. But, but I think if we, if we try to maintain the work hours as, as something sacred, right? Like this is the time that will, that, that you should be working and this is the space. It brings a little bit of normality to, to the changes. But again, I've had a, a little bit of a unique experience because I, I started in my role remote, but I, but my team, a big part of my team worked in the, in, in the Washington offices, right? So mm-hmm. I still had to connect from them, you know, three, three or four time zones away via camera. So it takes a, it takes a different skill set. You have to, you have to engage a little bit more. You have to engage a little bit differently. And, and what I would also recommend, one other tidbit is don't be shy in asking questions. You know, I think I think when you're in team meetings in a remote state, it's very easy to not interject or to perhaps not not ask questions because it's it's hard to read cues. You know, when you're when you're sitting around a table, around a whiteboard, you can pick up on body language and cues and and over a phone call or or over a video conference, sometimes that's that's missed. But what I've learned is that most people are you don't realize those things are missed. I think the more questions you ask will only help you gain clarity in whatever you're working. So that's just one other bit of adjustment that I've had to make. So in your current role, do you, do you work for the recruiting side of HR or more for the internal efforts, internal program side of HR right now? Yeah, good question. I work in my current role, I work more for the internal side. Specifically, I support the our cloud computing sales team. So Microsoft has a, a, a big cloud computing segment with Azure and and with different, uh, really different components. We have a, a modern workplace and and really the company is striving to really bring companies along the the kind of the the technical revolution so to speak so i support the teams that really help enable that b2b sales right it's a it's a workforce across the country luckily the workforce i support a lot of them work remotely as well or or they're not in redmond because our customers are really nationwide 
there, you know, we have a lot, really customers could be anyone. They could be small businesses, big corporations. So they're spread out through, throughout the entire U.S. So my workforce is, is used to working remotely as well. And, and they're used to kind of engaging with HR, different stakeholders via, via different platforms, right? Via Microsoft Teams and so to speak, and, 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 other, and other means. So, so it's, been, it's been a little bit challenging for the workforce as well, like everyone. I think, I think the, the biggest issues have been around more personal matters, right? Like the, the childcare and the, the closing of schools and there's a lot of angst in the system too. If you think about the, mm-hmm. the fear of a, of a medical situation at hand, that brings a lot of angst and a lot of personal fears to, to everyone as they should. So that's, that's been something that as an HR professional, we've had to navigate as well. Yeah, I, I often remind myself that, hey, this is not a regular working from home situation, right? I mean, where we are in the middle of a pandemic and we are at home trying to get some work done. But ultimately, I think that the biggest thing in everybody's to-do list is to stay healthy and uh, look after your family and loved ones. Because, I mean, right now, it's a, I mean, this is a, something unprecedented. And I find that when it comes to, and there's a specific issue I wanted to bring up when it comes to, you know, Latinos that work in in tech. I mean, folks like us that are first generation immigrants to the U.S. or folks that probably were the, the first ones in our families to go to college. The idea of asking for help, the idea of great, uh, I made it quote unquote, because I got the job, I got my dream job at this company. But when it comes to all these situations, maybe they're afraid of saying, hey, I need to negotiate and work on a split schedule uh, because I need to homeschool my kid or things like this. So I'm curious on your take on that, because I find that Latinos, like we are really hard workers. Again, I don't, I hate to generalize, but I find that work ethic is something that is the de, de la familia it, it comes up but when it comes to asking for help we have a hard time so I, I don't know why i wonder what's your take on that and maybe some things that we can do to get better at asking for help and being yeah better. that's that's a great question and i think that you know i think latinos and just generalizing as well right we we sometimes mm-hmm. like you mentioned put up a guard right around and not just now i mean in general if we have projects and you know we tend to to add more than the bandwidth can take on but but i think that my recommendation is and i learned this lesson a a while ago and is there will always be work you know you will the, the work will always be there you will always get more it's it's incumbent on the employee to to say hey i i need help or or this, you know, my cup is full. I have, I have enough here. Because if not, it's, it's really unfair for the, for the company or the employer to just assume that, that, that you're, you know, you took enough, right? They're going to they're gonna support you. They're going to uh, provide you resources, but, but they don't know what they don't know. You know, it's incumbent us, to us as employees to really, you know, raise our hand and say, hey, I have a... I need some help with this, or I'm having a hard time coping with this. And 
you know, something very COVID related is, you know, you know, as Latinos and, and, and this happens also in, in under other minority groups as well is mm-hmm. we tend to live in multi-generational households sometimes, right. you know, so it's, it's not uncommon to have uh, abuelita living with you, tío, a tía, you know, your parents and, 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 you know, that's just very common. And right now, it, this, everything could be exacerbated, you know, work, work is busy. Uh, work will continue, but there's a lot of household stuff that's happening as well. And I think it's important for us to, as a community, just just work on being vulnerable. You know, I think vulnerable vulnerability is 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 in the past. I think has been seen, has been has been interpreted or, or perceived as being a weakness, but. I, I find it the opposite, Hugo. I think it it shows it shows the the re, the receiver, it shows them that you're human. You know, it shows them they can relate a little bit closer to to someone that shows their vulnerabilities. Definitely, definitely. I love how you bring the multi generational household point uh, because it's happened a few times uh, actually. When I'm talking with colleagues across time zones, and again, these are folks that they happen to be in India or in Mexico or in Brazil. Sure. And, and again, it's, it's their reality, right? Uh, so it's something to be aware of. I heard this, this term from a manager that, I mean, there's this book that called the Radical Candor about the leadership and management for, for new managers. But this term of radical empathy. So at the beginning of any meeting, Spend an extra three, four minutes just asking people, hey, what's in your mind? What has your attention right now? Instead of, hey, folks, everybody on the line, great, action items. Here we are, agenda. Like, no, 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 Mm -hmm. we're not robots. I mean, there are things happening outside us as we speak. So just taking a few minutes to, okay, what's in your mind? And again, going beyond that traditional Monday morning, how was your weekend? It's more like, hey, what's in your mind? And give people a space to be open and vulnerable. Uh, and it can be yeah. all the way from, uh, yeah, we just, we, we need to get a new fridge. So it was so funny because the delivery people came in and we all were wearing masks and we had to help them out. And it was like something out of our comfort zone. I have friends that are moving right now through uh, coast to coast. Well, this is happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a friend that uh, I mentioned to you before of the air that he just got a job at Google. And then he's figuring out with HR, the whole laptop situation. Sure. Uh, wait, are you guys going to ship me my, my, my new Googler hat with the spinny <laughs> wheel thing? Or, I mean, because I need, I need the picture for my mom, right? I mean, she's, she, she feels proud of my accomplishment. Right, um, right. So there's, there's all kinds of stories. Uh, I feel that there's not going to be any shortage of stories after this is, this is over. I'm wondering, when it comes to over-communicating uh, and being open and, and having checkpoints with folks in your team, how do you go about it? Like, do you schedule one-on-ones with your team frequently? Is it more of a via teams, via chat? Like, how do you how do you navigate that over communication piece? You know, I think I think it's it's going to be unique. I find it to be unique to the individual. So the different because because different team members 
may want to communicate a different way, right? Some team members are pick up the phone and call me. Some are, hey, send me an IM, uh, text. If it's urgent, call me. So I think it's a little bit unique, but what I've learned is I, I've understood those those methods of communication that they prefer, and, and we just follow up often. So I work with a, a smaller group, like I have a, a, a broader team, and then I have a, a very smaller group of individuals that I connect with basically on a very day-to-day basis. And I, and I can tell you with my small subset subgroup team, it's, it's communication that, that flows constantly every day. And, and it doesn't, it's not always a, a video conference. It's not always a phone call, but at the very least, it's, it's a simple FYI message, right? Hey, Hugo, FYI, this happened today. I just want to keep you up to speed. And then that starts a dialogue. And the important piece is I've always, I've always, or I've learned, I should say that don't assume that people know. Don't, don't assume that people know what's going on with the project status or what's going on with it. Very unique to my role is an investigation or, or any problem that we're trying to solve. I think it's important to bring others along and it may require a little bit more, you know, back and forth, but over communicating, I think is a good thing. And especially uh, in an environment that we're in now. Definitely, definitely. And that's something I really enjoy about communication tools that we have. I mean, because like we run an Office 365 shop and just having everything in one place and having that vision, that clarity of, uh, yeah, we have uh, our team is, is all, we use teams. And so we, we, communication, basically, yeah, just like I said, everything's in one place. And, you know, the fact that we are transitioning away from so many emails are more of a hey, just let's have a conversation over, we're across three different time zones, right? So sure, again, sure. again, maybe you'll look at this in the morning, but at least I'll be, no, I'll be sure that everybody looked at it. <laughs> what, what I, what I, I like two things, uh, if I could just make two comments there is I, I love the, I love it all being in a, in a central space. You know, the, like for example, Microsoft Teams allows you to, uh, save your files, share files, uh, share screens, uh, pin different items, and you create different channels. It's it's a it's just like a one stop shop. What I would what I would mention is, and what I what I think what I would say be cognizant of is similar to just work in general. Know when to turn off the day, right? right. Because since these applications run on your phone and and there, perhaps you get pop-ups in your, on your computer, it's very easy to, to really stay on all day and to really get some work-life balance, just kind of draw a personal line in the sand. Of course, you have to prioritize different projects and know uh, sometimes it, you know, the job just won't permit, but in general, know when, when the working hours are because that's going to help you stay sane it's going to probably help you be more productive and and overall just accomplish more so that's that's just been something that i i've been cognizant of with just all these new communication tools that the various companies are using 
No, of course. I in my phone I, I don't have any notifications activated. Just because my my job is not to reply to email. My job is to <laughs> create content so salespeople can close deals. But my job is not to answer email. My job is what my job is. Uh, sure, email is, sure. email is just a tool. Teams is just a tool. So that's what works for me. All my phone notifications are off. Uh, and I turn them on strategically throughout the day. Like I time box my email. So I check email for an hour in the morning and an hour in the afternoon. And I train my team so they know that, hey, if it's something urgent, pick up the phone and call me. But that's been a process, right? That's something that took a couple of weeks to implement, but it worked fine for us. And I think it's also like, what kind of example are you sharing with your team? And, 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 I, and I say, you know, I sometimes get emails over the weekend uh, and that's normal. I think, I think yeah, most people get emails over the weekend, but I try to make a, a, a cautious, a conscious effort to, I, I, I sometimes, I'm, I read most of them actually, but I make a conscious effort to respond Monday morning. Or if I see, if I happen to see an email at night or something, I, I make a conscious effort to respond during the work hours that are designed because that really is, it's modeling what I expect, right? It's, and, and I would right. want my team, right? If, I, if, if you have direct reports, right? It's, it's, they're they're going to usually operate in the manner that their boss operates. And, and I think it's important that we try to make a conscious effort to respect that work-life balance when needed. For sure, for sure. And, and I find that when it comes to actually, uh, and, and one of the, the tricks that I've picked up uh, from, again, I feel like the first uh, couple of weeks when this was happening, when people went home, started working remote, I think that whoever started writing uh, articles in LinkedIn for working remote tips, oh my gosh, they got so much traffic. I feel like everywhere, everywhere I looked, there were articles and videos and content and podcasts. And it sounds really cheesy, but works for me. I will actually physically take my laptop and I will put it in my work backpack. Oh, yeah. At the end of the day. At the end of the day. Just because that puts me in the mentality that, hey, you know what? It's 530. Put it away and let's go start dinner. Uh, what a because, great uh, practice. And again, like it's, uh, I will put it physically under my desk and it lives there till the next day. Like uh, 8.45, 9-ish, I pick up my coffee and pull it out. Uh, so, <laughs> but again, like I build the habit, right? Sure. Uh, because sure. otherwise, like, I mean, whoever's listening to this, like you can see that I have my couch right there and my comfortable reading chair over there. It's very tempting to start working from the couch, especially at the end of the day. But I find that I need to keep them separate. Uh, otherwise, I get too comfortable. And whenever I want to do something on the laptop that's not work-related, again, like I start feeling guilty about stuff. And, and that's not the idea. The idea is that, okay, now that we are working from home, how can we be more effective? You know, not only with work, but also personal stuff. Completely agree. Completely agree. How do you like to stay... I mean, we, we've, talk about, we've talked about HR and Microsoft and working remote. I'm curious about you and how do you like to stay sane? Uh, how do you like to stay uh, focused, stay healthy, uh, especially with what's happening going on? How do you spend, like to spend your free time? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. I, you know, one of the things that I, one of the hobbies or, or 
great joys that I've had prior to COVID was traveling. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to travel uh, for leisure and I- I'm sure every lots of people like traveling and, and that's very limited now. But I, what, what's, what I've been finding is that there's been so much in my backyard that I didn't know existed, whether it be the, the cool park down the street or, you know, the, the nice walk around this neighborhood I didn't know existed. So I, I'm a, I like to stay sane by outdoors is, is important to me. I like to, to go to the outdoors and try to stay active. And, and I've been finding stuff around the local Orlando area that I didn't even know existed. And frankly, I don't know I would have found if it wasn't for COVID. So I think that's been a, a big plus for me, at least during COVID. The second thing is similar to everyone, I think I, there was a, it, it still lingers in the back of my head, but the, just the worry about your family. You know, if, if you have family members that are essential workers or, or maybe have, are more at risk people based on medical conditions or age or whatever, you know, that, that really takes a toll on you, uh, especially yeah. at the beginning stages of, of COVID. It's obviously still an ongoing situation, but the way that I, that I have been able to cope with that is by trying to stay connected, right? Staying connected, reaching out to your family members. If, if you're able to see them, you know, stay, you know, stay safe, obviously, but see them, enjoy being with them because that's, that's important, you know? And I think there's a, a little bit of, not a little bit, but there's a, a, a heightened level of stress um, that people are feeling. And, and I think it's important that you have someone that you can connect with within your family or friend, friend group. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I'm sure we have uh, an army of tios and tias that we need to catch up on. And <laughs> uh, and, and it's, it's funny because um, I'm a bit of a productivity geek and I love reading articles on hey, how to be more effective at XYZ. And uh, sure. uh, I, fa- I found this book called The Power of When. And it actually has times on okay, what's your best time to return phone calls? Or what's your best time to brainstorm new ideas or what have you? And then it has a section that what's the best time to call your parents? It's anytime. <laughs> anytime, no matter what. Uh, it, can, it can be six in the morning. They'll be happy to, mijo, I'm happy to hear from you. <laughs> you know, so. Sure, sure. And you know, one thing, Hugo, uh, slightly not re- related, but not related is... I, I find it interesting how different people around the world are experiencing COVID. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, when I speak with with my family in Honduras, it's it's different. I mean, they they are more restricted than 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 they are in Orlando. You know, my local area. Right. But it's it's restri- it's very restricted, and and I think it's because of the means of the country, the limited probably medical resources that they have. So they have to take a, a higher, you know, more precautions. But, you know, that's that's been a new learnings for me too. You know, when I call my family in, you know, in Honduras and, you know, we're chatting through WhatsApp and they, you know, and they, and they tell me, hey, I, I can't go out because, you know, the last four numbers of my, my cellula, you know, it's not, mm. it's, it's, I just can't, I'm not, I'm not the group that goes out today. So that, that is just been something unique that I've been, just learning as well. Sure. 
Yeah, no, and having that empathy, right? right? In the sense that, you know, if we happen to live in places like Uruguay or Sweden that didn't have a lockdown, uh, and again, with social media now, I see my friends that they post pictures at the beach, hanging out with other friends, and I'm like, hey, you know, in California, there's still a pandemic. <laughs> Beaches are closed here. <laughs> so sure, sure. But again, it's part of all of our experiences are valid, and it's about having empathy. So... You know, like this, this experience, something I, I do think that's interesting about this is that we are all experiencing it at the same time. Mm-hmm. So whenever, whenever we, we meet the people from now on, we all have a uh, COVID icebreaker stories. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh yeah, so where were you when it started? Oh, okay, gotcha. Because like, I have friends that, uh, you know, they happen to live and work in the U.S., but they were traveling in South America or traveling oh, in, wow. in Europe and they are still there. <laughs> wow. So, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's an experience for sure. It's an experience for sure. Uh, Jose, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. No, thank you for bringing all your expertise on HR and this working remote experience. I'm curious if you have any any thoughts or anything else you wanted to share with folks that listen to this, folks that want to break into HR, folks that want to uh, make a career transition like, like you did? Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me. I, oh, my pleasure. You know, it was a great experience and I appreciate the opportunity. The only thing I would say is don't underestimate your network. Network has been so valuable to me. I think of, you know, a, a lot of instances at now at Microsoft, but also at Amazon. I, I didn't know the answer because it's, it's, it's sometimes hard to navigate the web of corporate America and, you know, finding the answer to different things. And, you know, and tech companies move at the speed of the internet, right? But knowing a network, knowing someone that can help you, point you in the right direction has been invaluable to me. That's really been... I've saved countless amount of hours on projects or, or different things. And, and that's, that's, that's what I would say is if you ever get an opportunity to, you know, go out to lunch with a, a skip level manager or, or get an opportunity to be on a cross-functional team or just go to different social events with other teams across your company, continue to do so. I think that you'll make connections that you don't know at that moment will help you in the future, or at least it did for me. So I would certainly recommend that and as, as just one big takeaway from my end. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Jose. Thank you, sir. Saludos. Saludos. <laughs>